Well, hello and welcome once again to Beat the Reset. My name is Tim and I am the guy in the hat. And today I wanted to talk to you about whether real estate is a good investment across a reset. And we're going to have a quick look at that today. But first things first, I am actually a commodities guy. In fact, most people who follow my channel would understand that I am a very, very big investor in silver, physical silver, followed by, of course, uh, physical gold. Now, these two commodities are our monetary assets. There are really no other monetary assets. There's many commodities such as coffee and wheat and cattle and all of those sorts of things. But really, when it comes to the monetary system, there are only two, and that is, of course, gold and silver. Now, at an outside, you could include something like platinum, but that's an industrial metal, not a monetary metal. So when people ask me about real estate, what they're really saying is from a commodities perspective, what do in-system assets really look like? So let's go down this path. There are two types of asset classes predominantly, in-system assets and out-of-system assets. And the question is, what is the difference between the two? In-system assets largely comprise stocks, shares, equities, bonds, uh, annuities, treasuries, all of those things. Uh, real estate would be in there, superannuation. You know, these are all in-system assets effectively. Even fiat currency to a degree is an in-system asset. Out-of-system assets largely are commodities and, of course, assets that cannot be produced by governments or central banks. Predominantly, there are really only two types of assets in the out-of-system asset class. One of them is, of course, commodities, which encompasses just about everything to do with uh, primary industry that comes out of the ground. And then, of course, second to that, we have the cryptocurrencies now, which, of course, appeared in uh, 2009, in the early uh, months of 2009, right after the global financial crisis. So it does beg the question, where did these actually come from and what is their purpose? However, because they can't be produced by governments and central banks, at least for now, they are effectively considered to be out-of-system assets. The question is, are they securities or are they commodities? And that's a debate that has been raging, of course, in many countries around the world. According to the Securities Exchange Commission in the United States, they are classifying uh, cryptocurrencies as securities, not commodities, um, which is convenient, of course, for the Securities Exchange Commission because then, of course, they can regulate them and then, of course, course, uh, do away with certain cryptocurrencies that they find unfavorable, uh, for want of a better word. However, the monetary system, uh, for anybody that has read my book, Things We Were Never Told About Money, the monetary system is precious metals. There is really no other argument because, of course, uh, the only other thing there, there is in our monetary system effectively is an in-system asset known as fiat currency, fiat being by decree currency that is produced largely by central banks. In Australia, of course, we have the Reserve Bank of Australia, which effectively is a constitutional central bank. And of course, we have the Treasury, uh, who, of course, um, delegate the minting of coinage to the Royal Mint in Canberra, or known as the Ra Mint, the Royal Australian Mint. They do the coinage. However, of course, we are coming to the end of a currency cycle, and this is largely problematic for a reset and largely problematic for the middle classes during a reset. And uh, we have to look very, very seriously about at where our investments lie. Are our investments uh, more in-system or more out-of-system? 
And the big problem for fiat currencies across resets is they tend to be, first of all, they tend to be debased. Um, and secondly, they collapse, which is largely uh, of the 4,800 fiat currencies that we've known of throughout history, um, all of them have gone to zero. And this currency that we currently have now, global currency, which is uh, currently the US dollar, the world reserve currency, will also go to zero because that's the only place that fiat currencies can ever go because they are not a commodity. They are a debt-based instrument. They are a, they, well, they're no longer a derivative. They used to be a derivative. Now, all the fiat currency is, is a worthless piece of paper that is issued by a central bank. And of course, central banks are responsible for creating debt. That is their model. So to you, debt is a liability, but to a central bank, debt is an asset, which is why, of course, debt is currently running at $300 trillion globally, $30 trillion or so in the United States. Unfunded liabilities in the US is currently about $194 trillion. Uh, the derivatives market is about five quadrillion dollars, and you can see that these sorts of uh, this sort of currency couldn't possibly exist in the real world. So it's largely been invented. Which, of course, the more currency we have, the larger the currency supply through something called currency expansion or inflation. Eventually, hyperinflation, together with central banks putting up interest rates, deficit spending, and so on and so forth, generally leads to the complete debasement of the reserve currency, which, as I said previously, is currently the US dollar. And then, in fact, will lead not only to the collapse of the derivatives market, the collapse of the commercial banking system, but also the complete collapse of the dollar, at which point there needs to be a new system. And of course, we do have a new system on the way. But I guess the question is, going back to the topic of this podcast, is what has this got to do with real estate and what is my view on real estate and why do I have that view? Well, I'm only going to talk about Australia today because this is the country, of course, which I live in, and uh, this is how I see it. Right now, there are 195 countries on planet Earth. Of the 195 countries, Australia is at number two for the most overpriced real estate on the planet. So this is the first thing you need to understand before you even venture out to buy this fixed asset class. What you need to understand is there, an investor either buys the curve or buys the dip. And right now, if you are buying real estate, you are buying the curve. Now, uh, investors buy the dip. That is the, uh, the way investors operate. So you generally buy the dip if you're an investor. But consumers don't think like investors. So because they don't know to do that by the dip, they buy the curve, which is when the price is high and when it's actually at its highest. So what we have is a situation where the middle class goes out to an auction and they largely buy real estate for the highest possible price they can buy. This is what we call buying on the curve. Now, as I mentioned previously, there are 195 countries on planet Earth, and Australia is at number two behind China for the most overpriced real estate on the planet. I'm not exactly sure how we did that or how we got there. However, here's the problem. The middle class will go out to an auction and they will buy and put up their hand and bid for a property which is way outside any ability they have to pay for it. However, that's not a problem because there is a commercial bank hungrily sitting behind them waiting to give them a loan. Now, the commercial bank system largely has no currency itself. In fact, uh, commercial banks in Australia run something called fractional reserve systems. They only require 10% of any amount of money to, to lend you the entire balance. 
So that's why if you wanted to buy a million dollar property in Australia, they ask for $100,000 down because legally, once you give them 100000 they can then just type into a computer and make it all up on the spot through something called res- fractional reserve lending. They can just invent currency. Now this, by any other means, is, is largely counterfeiting. There is no question about it. By the letter of the law, if you read the, uh, the definition of counterfeiting, that's exactly what the commercial banks do. However, the middle class is happy for this because, of course, this means that they can get the very property that they were dreaming of. So they've gone to an auction, they've put up their hand, they've bid the highest possible price they can bid, they have no currency to pay for it, they go to a commercial bank, they get down on their hands and knees, they give the commercial bank 10%, the commercial bank creates it on the spot and, of course, lends the... um, the consumer or the the customer the full amount of funds. Now, of course, that comes with interest rates. Uh, also, not forgetting the fact that the Reserve Bank of Australia, which sets the interest rates uh, periodically, at the moment, the cash rate is 4.1%. Uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia... Uh, has has increased interest rates uh, 12 times over 14 months. It started at zero way back in the July of 2022, and here we are uh, towards the end of 23, and it's 4.1% cash rate, um, with uh, a potential to go to 6%. And the reason I say that is because the Reserve Bank of Australia are, tr- uh, are attempting to bring down inflation, which is interesting, uh, to say the least, by pushing the uh, cash rate over and beyond what we call inflation, which is running at 6%. So this is a known failure. This is known to fail. It could never succeed. So central banks know that this doesn't work, but they do it anyway. Uh, the last time that the uh, the market crashed to any notable degree, uh, notwithstanding the global financial crisis, but the years 29 to 1932, uh, the Federal Reserve in the United States was responsible for the collapse. They did exactly the same thing. They expanded the currency supply beyond all recognition. They raised interest rates, and of course, the whole thing crashed uh, by early 1932 uh, or late 1932, the stock market had 10% left uh, on it in value. And uh, then, of course, the US dollar crashed in uh, on July 6, 1933. Uh, sorry, um, on uh, May, where are we? March 6, 1933. So, uh, of course, they had to shut the banking system down, and that was the end of it. Uh, and that's the way we're going now. And so, if, if you are going to invest in fiat remunerated assets, especially something that you're going to uh, require a commercial bank loan for 25 years, then what you need to understand is that the market is going to shift considerably in that time. In fact, I think we're going to see some serious fireworks in 2024. Um, And I've spoken about this on my channel because, of course, the rise of the BRICS nations, uh, of course, uh, China being preferenced by Saudi Arabia for oil, that's a major deal for the United States. There's also a conflict going on in the Middle East, which I don't want to talk much about, but it will drag in Iran. Iran, being an oil nation, uh, is going to, of course, have its oil fields uh, heavily compromised. Let's just say that. Um, the, oil, uh, the oil lines run through Pakistan to China, and of course, the United States doesn't really want China becoming an oil superpower. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of fireworks in the monetary system, and uh, if you're buying real estate um, that is overpriced, which we call on the curve, uh, with funds that you don't have from a commercial bank that has no currency to actually lend you at a time when the currency is being debased, then you are going to largely find yourself in a problematic um, position. Now, this is not really that hard to work out. A better idea, in my opinion, would be to take that capital. Now, um, a lot of people say to me, well, we have to live somewhere, Mr. Guy in the Hat. Uh, Well, you know, what are you really telling us to do here? So the point isn't that 
I don't want you to live anywhere. The point is what's going to happen to your capital. So if you think about it, if you stay invested in a commercial bank system across a reset when you are heavily leveraged on a piece of real estate that you've borrowed over 25 years, only having 10% of the initial put down uh, value, then uh, what's going to happen is if there's a substantial shift in the marketplace downward and we end up on a bear market where people start selling, you may end up in the very undesirable situation where you are stuck with a piece of real estate that has lost huge amounts of value against what you originally paid for it. Um, you're going to have to sell it on a bear market, which is effectively when everybody's selling and there are no buyers. And uh, you're going to have to still pay back your mortgage. This would be a catastrophic situation for any middle class person. And it's happened many times throughout history. And it's going to happen again, because it happens to about 70% of the middle class. My estimation is 70% of the middle class will be a wipeout in this next housing bubble. And I don't say that because I want that to be the case. That is the statistics. 70% of people invested in real estate will never, ever pay off their mortgage. Um, and of the 30% that are left, 50% of those are over the age of 65. The dream is virtually never achieved uh, in your younger years, unless, of course, you, you have uh, a substantial amount of fiat currency. Now, that's what happens to the middle classes. But a better idea for me would be to move your currency not into real estate right now. I don't think that's the place to be. Personally, this is my opinion, and it's not financial advice. Uh, this is what a commodities guy sees. I would move my funds into commodities, into precious metals, gold and silver, and I would park it there across the reset because traditionally gold and silver rises as the currency collapses because, of course, precious metals do not move with the fiat system. The problem for in-system assets is they all move with and in relation to the fiat currency as fiat goes up, so do the assets. As the fiat currency goes down, so do the assets. But when you're in commodities, it's exactly the opposite. And this is why I can I say to people, don't worry about real estate just yet. You can park your funds uh, in uh, commodities and then wait for the parity shift. In other words, wait for the market to shift favorably. Currency uh, is like the tides. Sometimes it moves into debt and sometimes it moves out of debt back in and flows back into commodities. And that's where we are going to go uh, over these next few years. We're going to see the huge flow of currency back into the commodity sector. And that, of course, is going to drive the price of commodities skyward. And that means that once we are onto a bear market with real estate, you can slide back in with your precious metals. You simply take your precious metals back to your dealer where you purchase them and you remunerate it for uh, digital stablecoin or unicoin or whatever we'll be trading of the uh, in the day and you will purchase your asset outright and that's a far smarter way to do it you'll have a high quality of life you'll have less stress you will not be beholden to a commercial bank you won't have a mortgage um, interest rates won't keep you awake at night um, and of course every every single time you uh, buy a, a piece of gold or silver it is your vote against a collapsing fiat currency so that's, uh, that's my best advice. And again, it's not financial advice. It's just my perspective from a commodities uh, vantage point. So that's it for me, the guy in the hat. I hope you enjoyed this short podcast to do with my views on real estate and the incoming, uh, uh, and the reset that's on, it, on its way. In fact, we're right in the middle of it as we speak. Uh, remember that uh, I have a number of uh, live events, so remember to check out my website, beattheresetcomau and go to my events section if you want to have a look at the live events. Come along and hear me talk. I also have two books. I've got Things We Were Never Told About Money, and I also have my new one, The Great Asset Shift. These are both available from my website. If you click on the shop 
button, you can actually buy the books, uh, and they're great reads, and that's uh, that, that will really get you started. Well, that's it for me, the guy in the hat, signing off once again on another podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, remember, look after your health, look after your wealth, look after your families, and as I always say, make good choices. 